Hello, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, the lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just wanted to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our services at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., or 12 p.m. We are located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information about our church at www.sccview.net. Again, that website is www.sccview.net. I want to say it again. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everyone. Good job. Happy New Year. Uh, my name is Chris Woodson. I'm our Connections Pastor here at SEC. Uh, it's so good to see you. Uh, I'm so happy. Man, this is a good-looking crowd today. I mean, like, physically. Y'all look good. Y'all look nice. Hey, look at somebody real quick. Tell them, say, you look nice today. Man, be careful. Okay, so, real quick question. Real quick question. Um, how many of you have, have ever made a New Year's resolution? Just quick show of hands. Okay, and before we move any further, I got to tell y'all, I love preaching when you talk back to me, so if we can communicate back and forth, we're going to have a lot more fun this morning. Cool? Okay, so how many of you have ever had a New Year's resolution that you didn't make it past the second week of? Any, look around. Anybody whose hand was not up, we need to pray for. They have a problem with lying. Um, because the fact is, some of you guys have already flopped on your New Year's resolutions for this year. As a matter of fact, and, and anybody who wants to go in on this with me, feel free. I'd, I'd love to have a business partner, okay? Because I got this crazy idea. I think it's a million-dollar idea. Tell me what you think. Um, I want to open up a gym next year, and I want to call it Resolutions. And I want to open it on January the 1st. And um, to, Because here's the thing. Anybody who's ever been like a religious gym nut... Uh, about two weeks, you know the first couple years, uh, the first couple weeks of the year are the worst. You got to wait in line for everything. There's all these people, they're, they're using machines the wrong way and dropping weights on each other. Uh, but if you go in uh, on week three, it's a, it's a lot less crowded, right? So here's what I want to do. I want to open up a gym. I want to call it Resolutions. And after two weeks of the year, two weeks into the year, I want to sneak in late at night, take all the gym equipment out and install a Krispy Kreme. What do y'all think? I don't think anybody will notice the difference, right? Not very many people will notice the difference. You might be asking, uh, why are we starting the year with a series on faith? So I'm glad you asked. Uh, we're starting the year on, uh, with a series on faith because I believe that, that the habits we establish in the first month of the year are going to launch us for the rest of the year. They're really going to decide the, uh, the tempo, right? Yeah, and most of us have heard that. Well, I believe that. So we're starting the year uh, with a series called Daring Faith because I don't know about you, but I would love to live a life of daring faith, not being afraid to have faith. Wouldn't you? All right. I'm just going to launch into this. Uh, the, title, uh, the title for today uh, is What Happens When You Have Faith. What happens when you have faith? Romans 1 verse 17 says this. This good news tells us. Now, the good news, that's the gospel, the word of God. The, this good news tells us how God makes it right, or makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Don't you want to have a good life? It's the first of the year, the first Sunday of the year anyway. 
I want to have a great life this year. I want to have a better year than I did last year, don't you? I think that should be the goal, really, if you think about it. Every year we should try to do better than we did last year. Because we constantly want to grow. Nobody wants to just stagnate, right? Nobody wants to be a plant that grows this tall and never does anymore. We want to constantly grow. And so this year we're going to focus on growing in faith. And not just any faith, but daring faith, okay? Uh, and here's what faith is. So write this down or circle it on your outline. Uh, faith is seeing from God's point of view. Faith is seeing from God's point of view. If you're watching at home, and I want to welcome everyone who's watching at home, uh, you're not going to get this analogy, so bear with me. Um, everybody in the room, this is very coincidental, we didn't plan this, but so you see how on the side it kind of looks like equalizers, but it also kind of looks like maybe a city skyline. I saw this thing one time, and it was saying that this is how we view sin, and it, it was buildings, and maybe you saw it, um, it was buildings, and uh, so basically it was the skyline of a town, and each building had a different sin labeled on it, right? Okay, y'all follow so far? And, and the way it was is it was the way we view sin. So every single building had a completely different sin. And it was like, okay, well, we might view this sin as this bad. And this one is this bad. Like maybe, maybe you do this one, but I only do this one once a month. So that's okay. So that's the way we view it. But then it was talking about God's point of view. When God looks at sin, and I believe uh, that he looks at our situations and struggles and the stuff that, that you're, you're going to uh, make a resolution to, to do or not do. Uh, he looks at those tasks the same way he would look down on that skyline and everything was level. It's just roof after roof after roof after roof. It's because we place these huge labels on things. And I believe that when God looks at it, he looks at it as one more thing that he needs us to have faith on. He, does, he might, you know, and that doesn't mean that this problem really doesn't require more attention than this problem. Or this task doesn't require as much as this one. But I believe that with faith, everything's laid equal. Because God forgives this just like he forgives that. That's the one thing that's beautiful about our faith. If you're here this morning uh, and you are a follower of Christ, you are a Christian, a believer, whatever label you want to put on that, if you are one of those, it's pretty awesome to know that we are all level at the feet of the cross. Amen? It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter if you cheated on your taxes or uh, you stole a candy bar. Whatever the case. Don't do either one of those. But Tax time's coming. Somebody in here just got convicted. Um, but when you think about it, God's looking at this all from the same point of view. It's all about perspective. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says this, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It's been said that faith is the evidence of the things that we can't see. To that, I would say faith is believing that God is listening when I'm praying. Faith is the evidence that God will answer my prayers. Faith is the evidence that God can answer my prayers. Because otherwise, let me, let me ask you something. Do you want an effective prayer life? I'm not saying God will give you everything you ever asked for. Uh, but, but if you want an effective prayer life, you have got to believe that he's listening. You've got to believe that he'll do what you ask. And you've got to believe that he's capable. Because otherwise, you're just talking to yourself. And what's the point, right? There's no point in prayer if you don't believe that it can happen. Somebody sitting in here right now, somebody sitting here watching at home, listening online, somebody here right now is a product of someone else's faith. You know about 60 to 80, depending on the Sunday, 60 to 80% of people in this room were invited uh, at some point, not this week, but at some point by someone else. And it took guts because that person 
freaked out for about a week, maybe longer, before they invited you. It took courage. Because nobody wants to be that guy. Nobody wants to be the weirdo. But I know you people. We're all weird. But here's the thing. You are, if you are here, you are a product of somebody's faith. Somebody invited you. Somebody told you to watch at home, and then you came here. Somebody invited you to our Pump It Up event or, or, or a chorus concert, whatever it is. You are the product of somebody's faith. If you've ever been healed of a disease, if you've ever been healed of a cold, if you've ever been healed of an addiction, if your finances were jacked up and they're just now starting to get better, you are probably the product of somebody's prayers. And they might even be yours. We are all the product. The lives that we're living right now are all the product of somebody's faith. So today we're going to talk about what happens when we see with eyes of fear. What happens when we see with eyes of fear? Fear is the most paralyzing thing in life that we will ever face. It's not the devil with the big horns and the pitchfork or anything like that. Fear, I believe with all my heart, fear is the most paralyzing enemy you're ever going to face. Because fear cripples dreams. Fear stops people from doing amazing things. What if Paul was too afraid to take the gospel to the Gentiles? Would we be here today? Would we be here today? What if Jesus was too afraid to go to the cross? What if the person that first told you about Christ was too afraid to talk to you? Would you agree? Fear is a paralyzing thing, right? Today we're going to talk about a story from uh, the book of Numbers. We're going to go Old Testament to start the year off. Is that okay with everyone? I mean, we're going to do it either way, but is that okay with everyone? All right. So in Numbers 13 and 14, uh, I'll give you a little backstory. This is what happened. So uh, the Israelite army is sending out spies, okay, because God has told them, go and take the land. I'm going to give you the promised land. I'm going to give this to you, but you got to go take it. So they send out spies that, like any good military would, they send out spies to go check it out, do some surveillance. They didn't have predator drones back then, so they actually had to send some people in there to look out, you know, to look around. So, uh, Google Earth, whatever. They, they couldn't, okay? They didn't have these things. Life would have probably been much easier had they had it. But, so, they, they send these spies out, and this is what happens. That's where our story comes out, is ju- the spies have just come back. And, and this is where we're going to start out. Uh, well, first, write this down. Write this down before we do it. Uh, we exaggerate problems and underestimate ourselves. That's the first thing that happens when we see through eyes of fear. We exaggerate problems like those skyscrapers we were talking about a moment ago. And we underestimate ourselves. Numbers 13, uh, 27 and 28 says this. They, they being the spies, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. Okay, they just presented evidence that this is a great place to be. Here's its fruit. I don't know what it would look like for something to flow with milk and honey. I mean, I know where milk comes from, and I know where honey comes from. You don't often see them flow in places, so this must have been a pretty nice place, right? Okay, in my idea, this is like Red Bull and Twizzlers. I want to go. Okay, Um, Numbers 13, 27, 28. They went into the land, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. Okay, now if you don't know who Anak was, anybody know who Anak? Me neither. So I had to look it up. Anak was, was essentially a warrior, okay? Anak's a warrior, a giant even. Nobody messed with Anak. And they're saying his descendants live over there. You're going to face things in life that are scary. You're going to face things in life that are scary. You're probably, chances are, you're probably facing something this morning that is scary. What if it's a doctor's report? 
Uh, what if it's a financial report? What if it's the year-end job review that happens this week? Anybody got those? Whatever you're facing, whatever you're fearful of, we all have that something. We all have a lot of somethings. Okay, maybe it's that, 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 that teenage son or daughter of yours that just won't listen to anything. Because teenagers are not hard-headed at all. We all know that. They listen to everything that you... Yeah. <sighs> so anyway, here was mine. Here's what I was so fearful of. Not these guys over here. Y'all are all wonderful. Um, here's what I was afraid of, okay? If you don't know my story, a little bit about me, uh, in about two weeks, I will have been on staff here for a year. It was one of the scariest decisions I've ever made. As a matter of fact, I came this close to not doing it because of fear. I was fe the fear of losing my security, the fear of losing my benefits package that I'd been working for for the last 15 years, um, which was a pretty sweet benefits package. I've got to tell you, it was pretty good. As a matter of fact, you take those things for granted when you have them, uh, and then when you don't, anyway. So uh, I, I, I had all this security built up. I never had to worry about whether, whether uh, uh, this was a good decision, and I was constantly moving up. I was working hard, and, and I'm not talking myself up, I promise, uh, because I would ultimately find out uh, a very strong truth that even if you work all the way up, even if you're at the top of your company, even if you're at the top of your field, and you are the best in the business at what you do, Sometimes it's very possible to get all the way up there and to climb that ladder to realize you had it propped against the wrong wall. And that's what happened in my case. We got all the way. As a matter of fact, Pastor Kevin, many of you know Pastor Kevin. Uh, Pastor Kevin and his wife Hope spoke some kind of prophetic words over me last year. Uh, or, or the year before last, actually. Before I came on the staff, uh, they told me, sitting right out here in our lobby, they said, you know what, you're going to get... If God really has a plan for your life and a real call to ministry, you're going to get everything you've ever wanted out of your job, and you are going to be miserable. And that sounded pretty cheerful. <laughs> I kind of went home, and I was like, well, God, okay, uh, I'm going to keep working hard, and you just you go ahead and make me miserable when the time comes. And it didn't take long. I got everything that I ever wanted out of that job, and every single day, every single moment that I was there, regardless of the fact that it was a wonderful company with a wonderful owner, I was miserable. I was bored to death. And I don't know about you, but when I get bored, I'm not happy. I like to be engaged. I like to do stuff. Because I, got, I, got, I think I might have a little bit of undiagnosed ADD. I got to do something. Okay? What I found, though, is that God used that circumstance to prepare me for where he was taking me. Just like these guys here. They're afraid. They're coming back. And this, this one or two people, they're afraid. And, and they're telling everybody else. But God's going to use this to prepare them. Has God ever used a situation in your life to prepare you for what came next? And the, question, and the big question, aren't you glad he did? Because you knew how to handle that when you got there. You knew how to swim before somebody threw you in the pool. Or maybe you didn't. But that's a message for another time. Numbers 30, 13, uh, 31. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread. Now, here's where stuff gets nasty. Because of their fear, they're about to plant a seed that's going to grow in the rest of the, the army and the nation. They spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it, in which, I've got to be honest, right about there, I'm scared. Just think I'm walking through town, and the land just opens up and eats me. Just a minute ago, you were talking about milk and honey flowing. And now you're telling me that the land is just going to swallow me up. 
It's enough to make anybody scared, especially back then. All the people we saw there are of great size. So they go back again and they're talking about this fear. This is what happens when we listen to negative people. How many times has negativity stopped you from doing something that you could have accomplished if you'd have just not listened to what that other person said? Done it to me. It almost kept me from pursuing my calling. When we start listening to other people, let me tell you something. Negativity is like cancer, really. You ever, you ever experienced negativity in, in your workplace? You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? What about negativity in your family? You ever had that? In your church? And hopefully not here, but... In, um, what, about, what about we yourself? Have you, ever, have you ever been the source of your own negativity? The reason I say it spreads like cancer is because the fact of the matter is that every single person in this room has been affected by it, cancer, knows somebody has, has lost somebody who has. We all know a little bit of something about cancer, and we all know exactly how damaging it can be, right? Negativity is like a cell that begins to replicate uncontrollably until it becomes a mass, and that mass will choke the life out of everything that God has planned for you if you let it. Do y'all want that to happen? We want to have a daring faith. We want to persevere. We want to move through that, right? So we can't be listening to what everybody else is saying. So many dreams have been stopped because of that. And, and, and this is what happens when negativity starts to spread that way. And it's number two on your outline. We get discouraged and start complaining. We get discouraged and start complaining. Like I said, negativity is the number one dream killer. Imagine how many small businesses were never started because somebody said it'll never work. Imagine how many jobs were never created because somebody said that idea just won't work. That investment won't pay off. Negativity will strangle the life out of your dreams. And if you're not careful, it'll strangle the life out of you. We're going to learn to combat that, though. Numbers 14, 1 through 2. This is what happens when the negativity starts spreading. It's cool to, to watch it happen and see what it looks like, because we know what it looks like. Uh, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt, a little extreme, uh, or in this wilderness. Now, here's a little backstory, in case you don't know what happened in Egypt. These guys were in slavery. They were in forced bondage and working as slaves for somebody else. But they were, people, be, and, and keep in mind, this report spread to everybody else. Everybody's feeling this way. Most of the people are right now. And, and this is the thing. They're afraid of something they've never even seen before. Chances are this morning, there's somebody in here, if not most of us, are afraid right now of something we've never even seen. We're afraid of what if. If this, then that, right? I'm afraid of what if. I got, a, I got a pain in my back, but I'm afraid to go to the doctor because of what he might say, so I'm just going to live with a pain in my back. That makes a lot of sense, you know, because the doctor could help it. But we're afraid of what if. We're so afraid, afraid of what if. Number three, we ultimately give up and blame God. We ultimately give up and blame God. Numbers 14, verse 3. 
Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Most of us in here this morning, we have an Egypt. Maybe, uh, uh, here, here's an example. Um, let's say that you have uh, an addiction that you, that you struggle with, but you've been delivered. But now something at work goes wrong, and instead of being surrounded by the people that you've normally been surrounded by, you go back and hang out to feel a little bit better with the people that uh, you used to. You're going back to Egypt. Do you see that? That's what people do. That's what we do. When, it gets, when the going gets tough, we go back to Egypt. So you have a gambling problem, but you've never, you haven't been in a casino or a gas station lottery ticket line in years. Well, you hear how big that jackpot is. And you go just this one time. You're going back to Egypt. Look, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers or pointing blame. But we all do it. Let's say you used to have a terrible attitude just because that's the way you were. And God's delivered you from that by putting some great people in your life. But something bad happens. You get pulled over and get a ticket for a stop sign that you didn't really run. You're going back to Egypt immediately, right? We all have a tendency to go back because what we think is that was comfortable. But, but here's the thing. This is where the rubber meets the road, okay? This is when most people leave the kitchen when it gets a little warm. And most of those Israelites did. They never made it to the promised land. Despite the fact that God told them to go take the land, it was all theirs. Fear. Worrying about what other people said. Worrying about what people might think. And being afraid of something you've never seen before kept a lot of these people from ever seeing that promised land. As a matter of fact, it was a whole generation or so later that people finally did. This is what happens. We're going to talk about what happens when, when uh, if, you, if you persevered, you have that daring faith. We're going to talk about what happens there. The next part of our message. What happens when we see with eyes of faith? Number one. Faith shrinks my problems. Faith shrinks my problems. Luke 1, verse 37 says this, For nothing will be impossible with God. What, what will be impossible with God? Y'all got to say that like you mean it this morning. What will be impossible with God? It's a little bit better. See, remember, conversational. It's, it's more fun. It's kind of like sing-along. Um, nothing will be impossible with God. And here's the thing. Perseverance is the key. Perseverance is the key. Sticking with it, whatever that resolution is, whatever it is that you want to accomplish this year in your family, in your job, perseverance is the key. And here's how I know this. Uh, you guys know what a snail is, right? Snails are super slow, but at least two of them made it on the ark. Perseverance. They might have been the last ones. I like to think that as the ark door was going up, they were climbing just across the top, like, wait, 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 wait. But they made it on the ark. At least two of them. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Faith opens the door for a miracle. Mark 11, verse 22 and 24. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, and this is Jesus talking, so you know you better listen. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Say that with me. It will Say it one more time like you meant to come to church this morning. It will happen. But you, and this is the kicker, but you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for 
anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Have you ever thanked God for answering a prayer before he did? Because the fact of the matter is, even if he doesn't, he's still God, right? Even if he doesn't answer that one, he's going to answer something, right? I've heard that, the, that God always has three answers to our prayers. Yes, no, not yet. Yes, no, not yet. A lot of times we think that that not yet is a no and we give up on something before it happens. But just like the snail, perseverance, perseverance. Number three, faith moves God to act on my behalf. Faith moves God to act on my behalf. Matthew 9, 29 says this, Jesus said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith. Now notice something there, though. He didn't say according to your mama's faith. He didn't say according to your grandmama's faith that used to drag you to church when you were a child. Because I would have been saved way sooner if that was the case. He said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. Faith moves God to act on our behalf. Uh, There's a Charles Spurgeon quote that I absolutely love, and it says, uh, prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Prayer moves the hand that moves the world. Isn't that a little bit of an incentive to invest in a healthy prayer life? In 2016, don't you want to have a little bit better prayer life than you had last year? Y'all going to sleep on me. Here's the thing. Prayer moves God to act on our behalf so much that when we had no other way to become right with God, the faith of, of these Israelites that we were talking about, the ones that persevered, the faith of the people who persevered, the faith of all those people, moved the hand of God to send his own son to come to earth as a man and give his life in one of the most brutal, humiliating ways possible so that we could be saved. And we could be right with him. Faith moved the hand of God to give us a way back to him. Isn't that beautiful? This morning, whether you're at home, whether you're here, I want to give you an opportunity. Start 2016 the right way. When you ask Jesus into your heart, you ask him to to forgive your sins, even if it's a little sin. We all have sinned. Some of y'all sinned on the way to church. That's okay. Here's the thing. We have a prayer in there, and I'm going to pray, okay? I'm going to pray and, and kind of loosely do it. And if you pray that prayer with me, I want to go ahead and in advance tell you welcome to the kingdom. Because you're starting this year off making the most important decision of your life. Because all of us want to live forever with God in heaven, where it's beautiful. That's one thing we overlook a lot is the reward. I want to go to heaven, okay? I want a Starbucks in my bathroom. I want these things. I want all of what God offers. So let me pray with you this morning. Would you bow your heads? Father God, thank you. Uh, Thank you for for everyone in here. Lord, somebody in here needs you, and I just pray that they'll pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I know I've done something wrong. At some point in my life, I have sinned, and I need you to be my Savior. I want you to come into my life. I want you to make this the best year of my entire life, Lord. And from this day forward, I want to follow you, accepting your forgiveness, and become a child of yours and live forever with you in eternity. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. 
And I believe that you're now seated in heaven, ruling over everything. I believe that my faith tells me you'll do everything you've told me you would. And I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we move on, can we thank God for saving somebody this morning? Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I only want to ask one thing. I want to pray for you this week. Our staff wants to pray for you this week. So on the back of your connection card, just check that first box up top. If you prayed that prayer, we want to pray for you this week. We're so thankful for you and welcome. Welcome to God's family. Number four, faith unlocks all the promises of God. Faith unlocks all the promises of God. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Now I want to tell you something this morning. There's a lot of promises in the Bible, and I'm going to go ahead and be greedy and say that I want all of them. Don't you? I don't want just one or two of them. I want all of them. If God's made a promise, I want him to keep it. And I want him to keep it for me. And I want him to keep it for you. I want him to keep it for your family, your workplace, your friends. The friend that you've been inviting to church for the last six weeks and they haven't come, I want God's promises for each and every one of them. And I want God's promises for our church, amen? I want God's promises for our state, for our, our nation. Lord knows we need it right now. Sermon for another time. But I want God's promises. And I want you to have God's promises. Number five. Number five says this. Faith turns God-given dreams into reality. God-given dreams into reality. It really does. Really, really does. But I think it also takes a little bit of work on our part. I think that God's already given us everything that we need to accomplish what he created us for. Whether we know it or not, it might be, you might have something inside just waiting to explode out, change the world. You might be that one. You might be the one that influences the one that changes the world. Who knows? But it starts with faith. I have another next step for you this morning. I want you to start this year off making good habits to grow yourself. Do you want that for yourself, for your family? The second next step on your connection card, I will do my best to attend the rest of the Daring Faith series. I will do my best to attend the rest of the Daring Faith series. Even if you know that you're going to do it, go ahead and check that. Something, something happens when you check a box. Like you feel, well, you feel a little bit responsible for following up with what it says. And I'm not going to come to your house if you don't show up. But what I, just do your best. Be here. Learn about faith. And learn what it takes to hold faith. Because one thing I've learned about taking a leap of faith is you can take, a, I can take a leap of faith off of this stage right now. And I'll probably land and I'll be just fine. But so many people, they take a leap of faith or they take a step of faith, but they don't have the faith to stand on when they get there. The best way I believe that you can do that this year is by being here for the rest of the series. And I pray that each and every one of you will do just that. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, Glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dream to ask or even dream or... All right, I just got totally tongue-tied. I'm, I'll admit that one. Glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. I take comfort in the fact that I serve a God who's able to 
take my dream and multiply it farther than I could imagine. Don't you? It's so incredible to know that if I could take my biggest, wildest dream and multiply it by a thousand, it's still nowhere near what God can do with that. If I could look at my vision for my family, pastor's vision for our church, God's vision for my life, and I could look at what I'm able to imagine it being and know that I serve a God who's big enough to do far more with it than I could, far more than I could even imagine him doing with it. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. You may have noticed the first half of our message was all rooted in the Old Testament. Did anybody catch that? I mean, granted, it was numbers, so it's a given. But the second half of our message was all the New Testament. I told you I was going to get back to those Israelites that did show daring faith and did persevere like the snail that made the ark. We have a New Testament because they persevered. The whole second half of the message. The lineage of Jesus Christ was preserved because of those people showing daring faith and taking the land, despite the naysayers, despite the negativity. We have a New Testament. We are sitting here this morning because those people, now get this, we do live in a culture where people like to be famous. And let's be honest, a lot of people that are famous are famous for doing nothing. They're famous for letting the camera follow them around. Anyway, by faith, by exhibiting a daring faith, despite what could happen, despite fears of tomorrow, despite somebody saying you'll never make it, despite somebody saying I don't care how many times you've tried for that promotion, despite somebody saying you and your marriage will never be reconciled because he's a jerk, despite somebody saying I don't care what you say, you're not going to get your finances in order by trying to save money here and there. Despite what other people have said, despite the negativity, despite the fear that has paralyzed us, they took the land. Do y'all want to take the land this year? What is the land? Is it work? Is it home? Whatever your land is this year, you can take that land. Jesus himself said, if you believe, you'll receive. Now I'm paraphrasing, but that is what he said. You can take that land. Don't you walk out of here today thinking you can't take that land. You can take that land. That giant ain't near as big when you get up close and stare him in the eyes. I want to pray with you this morning. Father, I thank you for one more year of getting to do life together as FCC and this family. I thank you that you have given us a gift of faith. Thank you that you've given us a hope. I pray that whoever asked you into their heart today, Lord, that they will find community here and that everyone else around them, everybody in this room, everybody in this church family can can do whatever they can to contribute to growing that person's faith while we grow ourselves faith. That's what we do. We do life together. And I thank you so much that you gave us so many great biblical examples of how to do that. I pray for all of your blessings to be unlocked for every single person in this congregation or watching online. I pray for you to do more than we ever could dream you could do. 
I pray that to our eyes it will be revealed that mountains are really just molehills. And that through perseverance and faith in you, we can go out and take the land. We can change our community. That thousands of years from now, people will still talk about this church and the movement that started here like we're talking about those Israelites that had daring faith. It all starts somewhere. Lord, I pray that it starts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. I would like to stop right here and offer an opportunity for you to say a special prayer. If you're listening today and you're not a Christ follower, I would encourage you to pray this prayer. And it simply says this, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Guide my life and help me to do your will. If you prayed that prayer today, would you email me? My email address is jeffdawes1 at sccview.net. The spelling of my name is J-E-F-F-D-A-W-S, the number one, at S-C-C-V-I-E-W dot net. Again, thank you for joining us today. And by the way, if you'd like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church that others may hear the good news of Jesus, I would challenge you to go to our website at www.sccview.net and click the Give link the top of the web browser and there's many ways that you can give there again thank you so much for joining us today it is our pleasure to come to where you are and share the gospel god bless you